You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-659-7980. 800-659-7980. 800-659-7980. That's 800 659 7980. You've got the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, April 22nd. I'm Donald Ware, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we're having some games really that are being canceled right now. That, as a matter of fact, the announcement came out that that Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alabama A&M SWAT championship game now going to be held at Veterans Stadium, Veterans Memorial Stadium in Jackson, Mississippi, home of Jackson State. So we're going to have a true neutral site SWAT championship game opposed to it being either on Arkansas Pine Bluff's campus or Alabama A&M's campus. Uh, You know, listen, you look at Arkansas Pine Bluff, it is, it is not playing its last game of the season, which was scheduled for Saturday, Alabama A&M either. And really no need when you really, if you really think about it. Like, what's the purpose? What's the point? Uh, you know, particularly we're talking about spring ball. Some adjustments have had to be made. Alabama A&M has missed a number of football games due to COVID-19. Not in within their, within its program, but within other programs. So, I mean, I think it's a good move, and I think having it at a neutral site like Jackson State makes sense. Uh, you know, I you know, I don't know the proximity between, Arcan- between Pine Bluff, Arkansas, to Jackson, Mississippi, and then from Huntsville, Alabama, to Jackson, Mississippi, but it seems to me like that's sort of a middle ground, if you will. A lot of support, I think, you know, if, if, if the SWAC does this right, I mean, I think they can have um, some fans. You know, Alabama A&M and Arkansas Pine Bluff, I'm not sure of their respective fan bases in terms of, of travel. But, you know, the game is going to be nationally televised. So uh, I look forward to it. I think it's going to be an excellent football game. And, of course, we're going to preview that game on next week. Well, we yesterday t- talked about Southern losing – Head football, or former now head football coach Dawson Odoms was introduced as the head football coach at Norfolk State in a virtual press conference on yesterday. I mentioned uh, a name uh, or two that I thought would could be a good fit for the Southern job. I'll talk about some other names on the weekend edition uh, from the press box to press row. There are quite a few names um, that could be out here uh, for this job. And I'll mention those names on the weekend edition of the program. Of course, you can listen to that if you if you're on our website and you can go to our affiliates link, find a radio station, perhaps in your area 
that carries the program. Also listen on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM on tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 p.m. Pacific time. Then on Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. That is 6 a.m. Pacific time. I thought some of what Dawson Odoms, excuse me, on the press conference yesterday had to say, had some really good things to say. He was He was very passionate about in speaking about First of all, his hiring at Norfolk State. He 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 felt, you know, very good about it. He was grateful to the president, grateful to the athletics director. I mean, I think what the the emphasis that he placed on what he had to say in terms of the hiring is that, hey, you hired someone that is had not only been an HBCU coach in the past. But has is an HBCU graduate. Dawson Odoms is a graduate of North Carolina Central, and I think in the climate, and I talked about this on uh, on Tuesday, uh, with respect to uh, where we are uh, in terms of the hiring process uh, with HBCUs. Is it going to be a more profile, high profile hires? Are we going to see that again? We don't know what's going to happen with Southern. Matter of fact, not Tuesday. I talked about it yesterday. You know, we don't know what's going to happen uh, at Southern. Is Southern going to look <clears throat> at a high-profile guy? Um, and I'm, you know, I, I've, you know, it, it's it's one of those deals. And I, I talked about this on the show this past weekend, and even mentioned it when Tennessee State made the hire. Are we going? To, is this a trend? You know, are because HBCU coaches. Don't have uh, don't really have any other place to go. You know, I think if you're listen, if you're an HBCU, you got to do what's best for your school, what's best for your program, what's best for your bottom line, what makes the most sense financially. I get it for Jackson State. Deion Sanders made sense financially. I mean, I think it's a win win for Deion Sanders and Jackson State. Deion Sanders gets that head coaching experience on the collegiate level, right? Uh, Jackson State gets Deion Sanders, and all that comes with Deion Sanders. And, you know, we've seen that with all of the nationally televised games and everybody talking about Jackson State. Uh, I think the Tennessee State hire, you know, makes a little – with hiring Eddie George makes a little bit more sense because Eddie George played – in Nashville for the Tennessee Titans. I think the difference is Eddie George didn't have any previous coaching experience. So, you know, that's fine. But what happens again to a – this is where we have to go. So if you're an HBCU, you got to do what's best for your institution. But you also have to be responsible. You have a responsibility. HBCUs have a responsibility. And that responsibility goes all the way back to when the first HBCU was established. To And part of that responsibility, I mean, it's evolved over the years, right, to educate black folks. In essence, we weren't, you know, back before HBCUs, we weren't going to a lot of places, right, nowhere in the South, right, maybe some places in the North. But that was the responsibility. It's evolved. And to me, there's still that responsibility 
from an athletic standpoint. Because if I play at an HBCU, I graduate from that HBCU, the process is, as I spoke about on the show this past weekend, generally the process is you play ball, right? If you don't go play professional ball, a lot of times, especially if you want to get into coaching and you know that you're not going to play any ball beyond college, right? You sort of learn things as a player. Then you become a GA, maybe with that program, right? Then you become maybe an assistant. You have a responsibility to a, a, a certain group, whether that's defensive backs, whether it's, you know, offensive linemen, whatever. Then, you know, maybe you become a coordinator. Then generally that leads to a head coaching position. That's sort of how that works, and that's on the college level. Then, you know, if you have aspirations to be in the National Football League or, you know, pro football or whatever the case may be, then you those are sort of the stepping stones, right? HBCU coaches don't have that opportunity because at the FBS level, name I can tell you one assistant coach at the FBS level that's an HBCU alum, that's Jerry Mack. There may be others. I can only tell you one off the top of my head, right? Any coaches? N- only one ever. That was Willie Jeffries. So when I heard Dawson Odoms really speak, he spoke to that. Like, he didn't say it directly, directly, but but he, but he indirectly he said, thank you for giving me, not only giving me this opportunity, but giving me as an HBCU graduate this opportunity because of the trend in terms of what we're seeing more, more recently with respect to HBCU coaches and the, or the, the, the lack of hiring of HBCU coaches and the hiring of high-profile players. Nothing wrong. It's not necessarily anything wrong with it. I'm not knocking it. All I'm saying is what ultimately happens to these HBCU Because these FBS programs are not giving our coaches these opportunities. A lot of times, you know, some FCS programs that are not HBCUs from time to time. I mean, I mean, you look at Dawson Odoms. He's a pro. I mean, he he had, he spent some time at Georgia Southern, right? So he's a product of a of a non HBCU. You know, there's others that come off the. T- I mean, just coming off the top of my head, Broderick Fobbs is one. Um, you know, there there are many others, all right, that are HBCU grads that have spent time at non HBCUs. But at the end of the day, that's still at the FCS level. Not at the FBS level. There's sort of a stepping stone. You generally don't go unless you're Jim Tressel, or I mean, there have been other coaches. You like you don't go from an FCS program to the head coach of a Power Five school. Like that doesn't happen. There's a stepping stone, right? I thought Henry Frazier was one of those guys that really had the opportunity. To, that was an HBCU grad that had the opportunity to be a head coach on the FBS level. And even in talking with Coach Frazier in the past, he said, I, you know, I, I, I want to go from being a coach at the FCS level to being a coach at the FBS level. I mean, why should I have to, you know, and, 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 and I mean, that's a way you can look at it. I think you still have to, you, you know, there's a protocol, generally speaking. I think you have to go through the protocol, but I think at the same time, especially when you look at Frazier when he was at North Carolina, or excuse me, at Prairie View A&M, he had had a lot of success but a lot of, he had had success as the head coach at Bowie State. Like he had success, he was a successful coach. Um, but generally, there's a stepping stone. 
Uh, there's a process. There's a protocol. So, you know, I I applaud actually. Uh, I applaud. The, I think it's a great hire. First of all, I think I think he's going to do a good job. He's got some some things already in place. One of the things he spoke about as Southern was having to play in the spring and then also play in the fall, whereas as Norfolk State hadn't played a football game since November of 2019. So bodies are fresh, uh, right? Coming in, I mean, I, I you know I don't know if that's a you know great. I mean, it's a, it's it's okay. It's better than I think only having four months to prepare, right? But I think it's a good hire. I think he's got some pieces in place. He's going to rally those alums, as as I spoke with you about yesterday, and he said as much on the uh, virtual press conference uh, on yesterday. Wants to get everybody involved. Wants to get the community involved. He talked about recruiting and only recruiting with a tank of gas you can do that in virginia uh, virginia's got uh excellent high school football probably one of the we talk about florida we talk about texas we don't talk about virginia enough and then by the way not that far from virginia i mean i think the football in the dmv area is on the rise as well he mentioned washington dc it's only about a three hour three and a half hour drive from norfolk state so you know everything you may need is right there. That say to his point that saves money on other. We can do other things now. We don't have to go out way somewhere. That and that's not to say he's not going to get guys from other states. It's just saying our main focus is going to be a tank of gas drive, which you know would be basically Norfolk going north to Baltimore, uh, probably going. Well, it depends on how you define a tank of tank of uh, a tank of gas drive. Is it a tank of gas to and fro? Ours just two, you know, whatever. But Baltimore, Washington, you know, going south. I mean, there's there's other places, South Carolina, et cetera, et cetera, North Carolina, uh, et cetera. So, you know, I applaud the hire. I think it's great. I think what Dawson Odoms had to say is right on point. And this is a, a conversation that we seriously need to have. And if you're if you're an HBCU administration, it is something you really need to consider. Where do HBCU coaches go if the trend is to hire high-profile former players? Your thoughts, you can hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Don't forget about the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. Got great shows for you. You can find our affiliates on our website, BoxToRow.com, as well as where to listen on Sirius XM. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Share this podcast. Share this podcast online, boxerow.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts and iHeartMedia.com. Talk with you soon. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at box to row and on Facebook at From the Press Box to Press Row. And don't forget to tell your friends to check out all of the latest from Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to row.